Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, The Joyful Frugalista, and now here's your host, Serena Bird. Hello, Frugalistas, and welcome. Today, I have a very special guest, and as you know, all of my guests are very special, but in this case, we have a very special guest for some very special times. So today I have Nicole Flores, who is a financial counsellor with Care Inc. Welcome, Nicole. Thanks, Serena. Thanks for having me today. It is definitely my pleasure. And I know you have a lot of wisdom that you'll be able to share with my listeners. Care Inc. is a Canberra-based organisation that provides financial counselling to people in the community who are at need. Is that an apt description? Yes, that's that's spot on. Financial counselling in general, is a service that people can access when they're experiencing financial hardship and not sure what to do. The service is largely funded by federal and state government and provided by financial counsellors via local organisations and agencies. So you can find financial counsellors all around Australia, so it's not just a Canberra thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what financial counselling is in a nutshell. People usually contact a financial counselling service as they have debts and need support and advice on how to deal with them. Life can throw us some pretty uh, spectacular curveballs. Uh, it we can, can indeed. <laughs> that's right. And we can find ourselves in a situation that we never thought we would be in. Uh, and I think 2020 has really highlighted how quickly life can change for people. Almost overnight, they might find themselves without a job or reduced income. So we we we've helped a lot of people in the last year but financial counseling's been around for several decades and helping people in situations that like i said they've never found themselves in so it might be a job loss a relationship breakdown illness or injury also just having difficulty managing money there might be something come in like a huge power bill or traffic infringement and just a little bit overwhelmed not really sure how to make how to make the payments how to how to make mm. it work with all the other expenses that people are are dealing with on a day-to-day basis so we're there to help sort of help them unravel and and get a bit of clarity and and give them some options um, on what to do with those debts it must take a lot for someone to pick up the phone and call you Absolutely. I think that's the hardest part for a lot of people is to ask for help. I think as a society, we're generally pretty helpful people. Uh, We're happy to help our friends, even strangers, family. But when it comes to asking for help, usually that's, that's a really difficult thing. Particularly with finances, it can be a really shameful thing with People who uh, they might be on good salaries and and think, well, I shouldn't be in this situation. I'm not sure why I'm struggling here. So it is it is a deeply personal thing to to be feeling financial hardship or feeling that you're not quite able to to make these payments. So it it is it is the hardest thing. But if you talk to a financial counsellor, you can be assured that you'll be talking to someone who understands, who's willing to listen to you, and is not judgmental so we're, we're here to help people and, and not not judge in any way mm. I think that's a really important message as you said life can throw you curveballs and mm. 2020 was big with that yes. but even without bushfires and COVID like things can happen can't they there can be financial abuse there can be gambling issues there can be financial infidelity that happens too 
Yes. Um, or they can just be a whole range of not having grown up with a good knowledge of financial literacy can be a huge issue too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and these things, they can happen really quickly or they can be a gradual build-up. So we would recommend someone coming to talk to us if they're feeling overwhelmed or even if they're just starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit unsure of, of what's happening it might be well I'm feeling okay now but I'm not sure how I'm going to feel next month in terms of making payments yeah it is scary isn't it for people who are living payday to payday and you know Mm. juggling things around from one debt to another yes yes it can be I think I hear the term robbing Peter to pay Paul all the time it's a really (laughs) common phrase that we hear at our service so how do you begin to unravel that? How do you help? Like what are the services that you do into helping someone who is in that situation where life has thrown them a curveball or it's been a slow slow burn and they didn't realize how out of control their finances were? Yeah, if you if you have debts and you you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed or uneasy about your situation, we would recommend giving the National Debt Helpline a call. It's a national <laughs> helpline. It's one eight hundred double O seven double O seven, and the hook to to remember that is James Bond double O seven double O seven. That's where the similarities between James Bond and financial counsellors end. You you won't see us swilling martinis in tuxedos, but we we're there to to initially talk to people, get a get an idea of what's been going on with them from a financial sense and and like we touched on before there's usually some other event that's happened that that has led them to that phone call and it's really important to remember that it's really hard to just separate a financial issue from other issues it is a, a, a huge emotional it can oh, take a huge, huge huge yeah And there's, you know, and then that can impact your mental health and that impacts your physical health. So it's all, it's all interactive and, and connected. So we recognize that and we, we do recognize that they've, they've picked up the phone and they made the call. And that's, that's usually I I try and reassure people that that's usually the hardest part of the process is, yeah, is making that call and, and talking to someone. And, you know, I love money, obviously. I love talking about money. I've got a whole podcast about talking about money. I've got a whole book, whole website talking about money. But, you know, there was a period of time when I was going through separation from my first marriage where I was really scared I was going to lose stuff. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't have big consumer debt in terms of big credit cards, but we were really over leveraged with our portfolio. And I felt so stressed that I couldn't really talk about money for a while. Yeah. I could talk about how to save money cooking a cheap meal, but I used to love reading the financial press. I was in a job where I worked on economic and trade and I'd go and read the Fin Review every day. I loved that. <laughs> and I was like, I just can't handle this. I can't handle money. I can't be around talking about that. So I can imagine your clients, particularly if they have had a longstanding aversion to money to start with, mm. just picking up the phone to talk to a financial counsellor and then being willing to talk about money. That's yes, huge. yes. And it is, it is a deeply personal thing and a lot of people don't disclose it to their partners or their friends. So a lot of people don't know. So usually we're talking to someone for the first time about about their situation. So... Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, when you socialize with your friends, it's usually going out. I'm going out tomorrow night, for instance, with a good friend. 
when you do that, you don't sort of say, oh, actually, no, I've got, you know, some chronic debt issues right now. I can't go. You, you sort yeah. of, you don't talk yeah. about those things. No, no, you just go along and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's quite, quite a year. But getting back to this extraordinary year and a bit that we've had, it's been a crazy time. As you know, you know, here in Canberra, we've had smoke haze for months and months, toxic mm. smoke. It's affected a lot of sectors, retail, tourism. A lot of businesses have been really badly affected. A lot of people have been very badly affected. Yes. And then, of course, we've had COVID, which had its, its own effect as well. But yet, oddly, some of the reports have said that people seem to have become more money savvy. How does it look from where you are? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people have been. I think the situation has meant that there was a lot of uncertainty for some people in terms of job security or some people have had already lost their jobs or on reduced income. So it really was out of necessity that they really had to start looking at their finances and start cutting back. Also people who weren't particularly at risk of losing their jobs, a lot of people were spending time at home not able to go into work and working from home and we're able to save money that way. Parking, I know in Canberra, most people, mm. a lot of people drive. And so, yeah, I know lots of people who saved money on parking or other transport costs, coffees, <laughs> lunches, <laughs> all those things, socializing. Because a lot of social activities had stopped, they were also able to turn their focus onto some of these household expenses people I talked to have said, oh, well, I thought I'd just do a bit of a financial cleanup and, and have a look at my insurance. And I was really surprised by how much it, it increased from the previous year. And I got on the phone and I, you know, talked to my insurer and I got some really good deals. So um, a, a good frugalista there. Yes, yes. Great to you. Yeah, I think generally when there, there was uncertainty or less, less money coming in, then people were needing to pay more attention to their finances. There was also other things happening in that space, the early access to superannuation. So mm -hmm. a lot of people were, yeah, getting a lot more cash that way. And so they might have been paying down credit cards. I was quite alarmed, firstly, by the number of people who took money out of superannuation, especially when the share market was at quite its lowest. Mm. And also the amount of people who took it out to pay off debts or even to engage in gambling or, yes. or other things. It yeah. was quite alarming. It was. Yeah, just, yeah, I, I agree with you. It was, I was pretty shocked at the, the numbers of those early withdrawals. At the beginning of that, when that was announced, the ability to access the super and it was quite an easy process. It was process. a very easy process. I yeah. accessed it myself towards the end of the process just to see what it was like yeah and yeah I was shocked with how easy it was yes yeah we we did the same thing at our service just to see what questions what checks and balances were in place and and people did get paid pretty quickly within a couple of days so yeah we did get a lot of calls at the start through the national debt helpline about accessing super and, and how to do it you can do it in other ways prior to that announcement but it it was a, it is a longer and more convoluted process. So yeah, this was very straightforward. I think also with the coronavirus supplement for people receiving Centrelink benefits, that also provided a lot more cash. So people, some people were paying off their debts or they were able to comfortably live a little bit more comfortably with that additional amount. Um, and then there's also other, 
other products on the market, not just credit cards, but yeah, the the payday lenders, the short-term loans, and also the rise in buy now, pay later mm, schemes. They're quite sophisticated now and quite quite easy. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite attractive to to a certain generation of people who like to get those products now and, and think about how to make those payments later. Yeah, I think in general, yeah, I think I think there has been a, a push to become more savvy, but I think there's been other factors that have enabled people to to pay off their debts a little bit more. But now all those things are starting to come to an end, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens going forward. So how have you found your workload during this time and where we are now? Is your phone's running off, you know, ringing off the hook or has it been quiet with most people being kind of okay? Yeah, it's been quieter than we thought it would be in the the last year. It is starting to pick up now. I think generally January is a quiet month anyway. A lot of people are on holidays or with their kids and, and they don't want to make that call. And usually by February, kids are back at school Bills are coming in. Exactly. Yeah. So the uh, some of the options available, such as early access to superannuation, aren't available anymore as easily. Coronavirus supplement has reduced even further. So yeah, we're starting to to get more calls about management and, and debt management. Also, starting to get calls about quarantine debt. So yeah, quarantine debt. yeah. So people who've gone into mandatory, uh, come back to Australia in mandatory quarantine, and then they receive a bill to pay for their accommodation costs. It can be quite hard, and I know, sort of, I guess, in the popular media, you're at first it was a bit like, oh, well, they've had enough time to get back. We shouldn't be footing the bill; they should be footing it. But sometimes people really could not get back in time, and they've been out of work overseas, they've been in limbo overseas, they've had family having to support them overseas, yeah, and then they come back. And they've got debt as well. That's right. It's a little bit more complex, isn't it? Everybody's situation is different, but there's people that have been trying to get home for, yeah, ever since this started. And high airfares, like often people have to commit to, say, a business class airfare just to get home. That's right. And there's real reasons to get home, Mm. you know, either because they can't stay where they are or it's not safe where they are or they've got family that they really need to see because family are not well or sadly dying I I lost my lovely nana during the COVID time and there was no funeral so you know it's difficult oh yeah it yeah definitely is lots of other elements that are coming into play during that COVID time and I think yeah you touched on it there just not being able to be with loved ones or say goodbye to loved ones in the way that we we would like to makes it very difficult Mm. And what are some of the other trends you're seeing in the phone calls that you're receiving at the moment? Um, yeah, definitely people calling up about separation, particularly when it comes to domestic and family violence so people affected by DV. So that's probably the highest percentage of callers that we get. Also, people who've either been affected by gambling, whether they're the gambler themselves or a loved one or affected other for gambling. People talking, wanting more information about bankruptcy, credit file reports and sort of adverse entries on their credit files. And also, we're noticing a lot more questions about debt agreements or 
they're called partner in debt agreements. So mm, um, they're quite serious. Yes, yeah, and people thinking they they want to get out of them and asking how to get out of them, which can be quite complex as well. And yeah, like I said before, quarantine, people who've been in quarantine and now have a bill for $3,000 or, or whatever it is and have 28 days to, to come up with that cash. So And they don't probably don't have it because they've been using all their savings surviving overseas. That's right. And they're not, they've come to come back to Australia and they don't have a job lined up or yeah, they, they never knew, they had no idea when they were going to be able to come back to Australia that a lot of people still have, have to take some time to to catch up and sort themselves out and get a job and and deal with all the other things that you need to do when you've been away for a couple of years. That's quite a lot of different issues that you often face. Let's maybe talk about one of them. So maybe let's talk about separation. So you mentioned that you're getting a spike in phone calls for assistance for family and domestic violence. What do you advise people in terms of ensuring their financial well-being as they're going through this change? Yeah, well, finances, when you're with someone, usually your finances are all interconnected, whether or not you're aware of what's going on in your relationship financially. For a lot of people who've experienced domestic violence, there is an element of financial abuse there. Um, So that is where you're not really in control of of your of your finances um someone else is controlling those finances and the stereotypical view on that is that you're only given say a limited budget to go and go shopping and it's usually the woman not working at home on a small allowance but it's a lot more complicated than that isn't it yeah yeah i mean that's one one aspect it might be being coerced into signing up for contracts some people yeah, might be forced to sign contracts if the other partner doesn't have a good credit file rate, a good credit rating, or doesn't have, wouldn't normally be accepted for a loan or a contract. So they coerce the other person into signing up for things that they don't necessarily get the benefit of those goods or services. Yeah, signing up for debts in other people's names. And yeah, it can be a real shock, I think, when you uncover the extent of, yeah, what's been happening when you're not aware, when you're not in control of your finances. Well, exactly, and it's it's easy to, I guess, blame one party, but as someone who's been in it, there's so many things going on and it's so exhausting when you're in that sort of situation and yeah, um, there's so much to keep track of as it is. That's right, and, and often finances is, oh, you know, the end of the day thing where you think, I, I, don't, have, I don't have the capacity to deal with that today. And yeah, you're right. There are other things going on and, and some, and there's other priorities. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things that can often take a back seat. And, and you trust your partner usually. Yeah. I mean, you love them. Yeah. You, you trust them. You choose to be in a relationship with them. Yeah. And usually there, there's no indication that something's wrong. You know, you, you're not getting. <laughs> You've got a roof over your head. You you might be driving a lovely car, um, going on lovely holidays, and yeah, you might you might not know that that all of that's been how that's been financed. It could all be could all be debt. Could be really well managed if you if you don't have <laughs> that oversight. Yeah, sorry, I've gone a bit off track there, but I know they really important issues. Yeah, so going back to separation. Yeah, when when you live with someone, there's usually 
yeah, you're living with someone, you're sharing a home with someone, you're sharing a life with someone, and you're usually sharing finances with someone. So just when it comes to separation, just being really aware of where you sit financially and and making sure that you're protected. So really just thinking about any joint loans, really, joint loans or accounts, savings accounts, uh, making sure that there are both or joint signatures on both on loans or accounts to make sure that if anything happens, then both parties are, are signing off on that. And that can make it really tough as well. If, you, if you're not getting along with your, with your former partner, you might be at a standstill there in terms of finances, but it also protects you from the other party from withdrawing funds doing something that you wouldn't normally you wouldn't agree to if there was a joint signature a signature yeah I had joint signatories in place with my ex which I put in place as I was leaving it did make things really complex and Mm. administratively difficult for a while thankfully our main bank actually allowed you to do that authorization electronically so every time you made a withdrawal it would go to the other party for authorization oh okay which was really handy yeah and that was an extra step and then you had to sort of contact them and say please make sure you actually go in and authorize this we've got a bill for the kids and we really need you to pay it yeah it was painful but it did make sure that neither of us went oh well f you or whatever Mm. i'm going to take the credit card for Arrive. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. It does because you're yeah. very emotive and you're angry and mm. you're not thinking straight and blaming the other party and you're like, I'm going to get my benefits or yes. whatever. Yeah. So it prevented all of that. Yes. And just an important note, though, in terms of safety. So it's just doing these things if it's safe to do mm. so. A lot of people have already got the joint signatures in place when they, when they sign up for a joint loan and that's great. But if it hasn't been in place and it's something that you wanted to do like like you said you you ran to the bank and and did that and so it's really if it's a safe thing if if that's going to cause the other party some distress and that might result in a threat to your safety then it's it's that's something that we would that's something to take into consideration it is a very important consideration you, yeah you were right because there's nothing that someone who's been financially controlling hates more than finding out that you are standing up for yourself and putting measures in place. That's right. That's right. When the power starts to shift or get gets uh, equalised, then, yeah, that can that can cause some issues. So Exactly. I think so safety, safety first. That's right. Safety that's right. We're, exactly. we're on the same page there, yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. And so something else you touched upon too was the amount of calls that you get from people who are facing bankruptcy or who have formal debt collection, debt repayment strategies in place. And I guess the question there is, well, how do you talk to your creditors? So you've got a debt collector who's calling you on the phone and it can be incredibly stressful. I can imagine mm. people emailing, calling people saying you're overdue with this, you're overdue with that. And I know at least one friend who's like, oh, well, I just can't handle that, so I just don't respond. Mm, Yes. So how do you deal with that? How do you advise people to deal with that? Yeah, a lot of people are like your friend and think they don't have the money to pay for it or they're not sure what to do. They they say, well, I just don't answer, but they don't stop calling. (laughs) And so usually we would say have a conversation with your debt collector and, and make sure that it is a constructive conversation. <laughs> I know that's very that, tactful, 
It can be. Again, there are emotions and sometimes debt collectors do have a, a bit of a reputation, but they are doing a job as well. So it is about, yeah, having a that conversation with them and working through an arrangement that works for you. I think before you talk to a debt collector, it would be a really good idea to have a look, take stock of your financial situation and have a look and see whether you could come to an arrangement. There's a lot of people out there that think, well, the debt collectors, they just want to take all my money and leave me with nothing, but you can make arrangements with them to make small repayments rather than pay the whole amount back. It's just a matter of looking at what what you've got available and, and what you're willing to offer in terms of a payment arrangement. Do you talk to debt collectors often? As part of our service, yeah, if we just go back, if someone calls the 1-800-007 or the bond line and they talk to us and we might give them some advice over the phone about how to talk to debt collectors or, or what to do to begin that process of looking at your options. Sometimes if the situation is complex or the person we talk to needs a little bit more help and a bit more time, we would organise an appointment with a financial counsellor. That way we would be able to just have a, a, a better idea of what their financial situation is and it gives us an idea of what the options are. Sometimes people are in a situation where once they've got that plan in place, they're happy to go and talk to a debt collector. Sometimes if they're in the office, we would call the debt collector together and have that conversation together so they can see the kind of script, <laughs> I suppose. Mm. Yeah, what to say, how to, how to say it. Sometimes people do feel under pressure from debt collectors to just agree to whatever they say just to get them off the phone and it might not be an affordable arrangement for them but they just want it just want it off the off the table for the moment. So it's really just having that conversation with them to say, well, no, I can afford X amount on a whatever basis that you <laughs> works for you. And yeah, and, and talk about negotiating with them and stopping interest and, and things like that. So they can they can do that with us as well. Or for some people if they do need a bit more advocacy, we can talk to them on their behalf so because mm. that's a scary thing to do when you're already quite stressed about money but it's also really important as well because if you're communicating you can usually come to an arrangement that's right and I think if you're doing it for the first time if you've never been in a situation like this before it yeah it can be really daunting and I, I suppose you could be overplaying what what they'll say that they won't agree to it and then what are they going to do they're just going to you know and you think of all the, the bad things that could happen Generally, debt collectors talk to people who, for whatever reasons, are not able to make full payments and so they do generally understand that, that people are in a situation where they can't make the full payments and, and try to come to an arrangement with them to, to make an affordable arrangement that works for, for both parties, really. Mm, well said. And finally, do you have a frugalista tip to share? Yes, I'm I'm like you Serena, I love to cook and I love to make a lot of things in bulk. So I think yeah, just trying to just be a bit more aware about wastage, food wastage, buy what you need. And I found a tip a while back about 
vegetables and using almost every part of the vegetable, which <laughs> I thought, oh, that really uh, changed my world. <laughs> I thought, oh, you know, the tops of carrots. Yeah, I, I use a lot of, I used to buy a lot of stock, but now I just make it all with bits and pieces from, <laughs> from the offcuts. Um, sometimes it's a bit of a power struggle between that and the compost heap. I think, oh, where, where should I put this carrot top? But yeah, so it's just making use of what you've got in the fridge and yeah, being more aware of what you need. I think in one of your books you were talking about, it's really easy when you go shopping and you see these things and you think, oh, I'll, I'll make something out of that. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love to cook. Oh, yes, yeah. Fruit. Fresh something, something, something. That's right. It comes so much a family can eat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or it comes to the end of the week and you think, oh, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> and the poor beetroot sits there and <laughs> gets all squidgy and soft and yeah, so I've been doing that for a little while now and it's good because I've always got stock in the fridge and, yeah, I don't feel so bad about throwing anything out because I'm not doing it as much. So, yeah. Fabulous. That's a great tip and one that I definitely approve of. <laughs> Thank you. And so what's that number again, the bond number? It's one 800 7 can call that from anywhere in Australia and it'll get you to the nearest call centre. So if you're calling from Canberra, you'll get through to one of our lovely counsellors at CARE, Financial Counselling Service. But if you're in another part of the country, it'll take you to the nearest call centre. There's also the National Debt Helpline website, which is ndh.org.au. And that's also got a chat function when you when you go onto that website. So if you're not feeling comfortable talking to someone or if you're at work and you don't really want to be on the phone and have your colleagues listening in you can always use the chat function and do a, do an online chat to talk to a financial counselor that way and if you need more assistance or or an appointment then we would get in contact and get some more details from you and and organize a an appointment so if you or someone you know is experiencing acute financial stress the first step is to have that courage to make that phone call and you have the bond number. So yes. make sure that you do it. No excuses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you can be assured that the people that you talk to are understanding and will listen to you and, and try and help you navigate the, the really difficult time that you're having. So, yeah, I really encourage people to, to make that call and most people feel a lot better after making that call. That's, that's the hardest bit. That's the hardest bit. So there you go. So make that phone call. If you have enjoyed this and other topics on the podcast, I would love you to subscribe. If you are an iPhones user, I would also love you to leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. And also please join the Joyful Frugalista Facebook group to participate in a chat about debt and other topics there. Thank you very much. You've been listening to The Joyful Frugalista with Serena Bird. She actually likes everybody. And of course, sound has been by Neil Hadley.